0: So now is the time, I told you earlier, you're going to want a favorite article of clothing. And again, it doesn't have to be your absolute favorite article. But I'm going to ask you in just a minute, we're going to give you a little countdown timer, to go and get it. This is one of the blessings of being able to do this this way. You're at home with that favorite article of clothing. Now the great temptation is going to be that you're simply going to, in your mind, go and get that article of clothing. What I really would like you to do is to actually get up and go and get an article of clothing. You're going to need it for a couple of points in the sermon. I want you to be holding on to it. And then you're going to need it for something after the sermon. Again, no harm is going to come to that article of clothing. Uh, But take a few minutes, again, if it's in the wash or whatever, just grab something else. It just has to be something that's sort of a favorite. And I'd like you to go and get that piece of clothing now. All right, I hope you have uh, your article of clothing. I have mine. What I'd like to invite you to do is, if you're able, uh, hold on to that article of clothing and turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 21. So I'd like you to be holding on to the clothing and then uh, Matthew chapter 21, and we're going to listen to the story of Palm Sunday. Matthew chapter 21 I'm going to begin reading in verse one. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Now, this is Palm Sunday. And normally on Palm Sunday, we think about palm branches. Now, I know that many of the kids out there were, received instructions to kind of make your own palm branch. So I hope uh, some of you did that. We're going to use those later as well. But today, I'd like to think a little less about the palm branches and more about the idea of clothing, There's also clothing present during Palm Sunday. And what people are doing is, yes, probably not a pair of hiking pants, but their cloaks, they are laying them down on the ground. And as Jesus is riding on a donkey into the city of Jerusalem, he is riding over top of people's clothing. Why? Why are they doing this? Well, the answer is not because the donkey needs a softer thing to walk on. That's not the point. What is the point? Well, I want you to take that piece of clothing uh, that you have and I want to think together about clothing uh, for just a moment. In fact, I want you to take the piece of clothing that you're holding on to and I want you to think, what does this piece of clothing say about you? So I have here my favorite pair of brown hiking pants. And I love these pants. They're super comfortable. Uh, In the summer, they've got these little like uh, slits here that let the heat out that you can sort of unzip. They uh, don't need to be washed all that often and they clearly cannot be ironed. So what does this say about me? Well, these brown pants say that, uh, A, I, I don't really like dressing up. I would prefer to wear hiking pants. They also say about me that, well, I don't love doing laundry. I also am not a person who irons clothing. And they probably would tell you that I sweat a lot. So you are holding an article of clothing. I'd like you to take just a few minutes and say a few things about that article of clothing. And what does it say about you as a person? Uh, Take a few minutes and say that to the people around you. And then we'll come back again to our passage. Let me bring you back uh, out of your discussions. And again, I should have said, I uh, forgive me for forgetting is that if you're by yourself, uh, I still want you to go through this exercise, just write down or think through and I'm sure that's what you did What is it about that piece of clothing that you're holding on to, that favorite item? What does it say about you as a person? The reason why we're going through this exercise is because clothing, it really represents us. This is why uh, parents and kids can often have fights about whether that clothing is appropriate to be worn to school or to church. There can be uh, disagreements about how often to wash a favorite item of clothing, how to take care of it. Sometimes our clothing may represent a pretty significant financial investment because it's important to us. Uh, The clothing may represent to us a favorite memory when we see that article of clothing, we think about some times in the past that we were, when we were wearing that clothing and stuff that happened, we may think that clothing looks good on us or is comfortable, or we may like how it makes us look to other people. Clothing represents us. This is why we have this phrase, to give you the shirt off my back, When we say that, it means that we would be super generous, like we would give you our most valued possession, our clothing, which represents who we are. And to give someone the shirt off our back means uh, we're not gonna hold anything back. This is why in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, one of the ways in which you showed sorrow for sin was putting on sackcloth and ashes. The sackcloth means you take off your favorite garment, and you put on something ugly and uncomfortable, and you do that as a sign that you yourselves are sorry for what you have done, and by taking off nice clothing and putting on something ugly and difficult and uncomfortable, you are acknowledging in the Old Testament that you are a sinner in need of mercy from God. So the thing about clothing, especially a favorite article of clothing, is that it represents us. Well, this makes sense of an Old Testament passage, which in turn will help us make sense of what's going on in Palm Sunday. The Old Testament passage is in 2 Kings chapter 9. And there Jehu, who is a military leader, not the king, a military leader in Israel, is visited by the prophet Elisha. And Elisha comes to visit Jehu, and he pulls him off to the sign. He says, I have a message for you. And the message is coming from God himself. And Elisha is there to anoint Jehu, who's not currently the king of Israel, that he is going to become the king of Israel. So Elisha leaves, and Jehu's men all gather around him and say, what was that all about? And we pick up the story in 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 11. When Jehu went out to his fellow officers, one of them asked him, is everything all right? Why did this maniac, that's Elisha, come to you? Jehu tries to play them off. He says, you know the man and the sort of things he says, Jehu replied. That's not true, they said. Tell us, we want to know. Jehu said, here is what he told me. This is what the Lord says. I anoint you king over Israel. Now watch the next line very closely. They quickly took their cloaks and spread them under him on the bare steps they blew the trumpet and shouted, Jehu is king. What's going on here is clothing represents our very selves. And what they're saying is, is although not all of Israel has yet acknowledged that Jehu is king, The people that work for him in his military, the people, his officers, are acknowledging that he is king and they do that by taking something that represents themselves and laying it down on the ground beneath his bare feet. It represents their willing submission, their loyalty, and their recognition that they are acknowledging that God has chosen Jehu to be king. That's what's happening in Palm Sunday. There are indeed palm branches. That's important. But today we're thinking about the fact that when Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, there are some who are acknowledging that Jesus is king. So I want you for just a moment as we think about that Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago is just in your mind's eye, try to picture the scene. You may not know what the Mount of Olives looks like or what Jerusalem looks like, but just kind of picture a scene. Jesus is riding on a donkey, and the most salient feature of this scene, according to Matthew's gospel, is that there are crowds and crowds of people. Look, he makes a big deal out of this. Verse 8 a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. Verse nine, the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed him. Verse 10, the whole city was stirred. Verse 11, the crowds answered. So in your mind's eye, I want you to picture just a street with throngs of people. And in the midst of all of these crowds of people, some have come to recognize, like from 2 Kings 9, that Jesus has been appointed an anointed king over Israel. And so they're doing what they did in the time of Jehu. They're simply taking clothes that represent who they are, and they are laying them on the ground at Jesus' feet, not to give padding for the donkey to walk on, but acknowledging their willing submission, their loyalty, and their acknowledgement that Jesus is king. That's what the statement, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's an acknowledgement that Jesus is king. Now, not everybody in the crowd that Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago is doing it, but some in the crowd have recognized that Jesus is king, and so they are willingly laying down their cloaks Others are simply watching. It says the whole city is seeing what's happening and lots of people are laying down their clothes, but lots are not. Lots are sitting back watching to say, well, we're not sure who this guy is. We're not sure what to make of this. That's the scene Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago. Crowds and crowds of people laying palm branches and clothing and lots of spectators watching what's happening. Now that was Palm Sunday 2000 years ago. What about Palm Sunday today, 2020? Let me ask you this question. Do you imagine that today on the route from the Mount of Olives into the holy city of Jerusalem, that there are crowds and crowds of people gathered together today? Do you imagine that there are? No. In fact, here's a picture of the city of Jerusalem. This is actually a picture of the Church of the Holy Sepulcher that's normally thronged with people. That's from a week or two ago, completely empty. Here's another picture from just one of the city streets in Jerusalem. This is a marketplace. Again, there would be people everywhere uh, pushing together, but this is a picture from, I think, a couple of weeks ago, Uh, empty. The city of Jerusalem is empty. It's not just the city of Jerusalem. Other famous places. Here is uh, Times Square in New York City. Empty. This one I find stunning. This is one of the expressways into Los Angeles. This was taken again a week or two ago. Here's a picture of Grand Rapids, our very own Grand Rapids, downtown Grand Rapids. Empty. And not just in the Middle East or in uh, America. This is a picture in Seoul, Korea. I think it's Kwon-Sumwon Square. I might be pronouncing that incorrectly, of course. Uh, But empty. Empty. There are no crowds anywhere on this Palm Sunday. Why not? Now, of course, the answer is, well, we're all in Quarantine. It's COVID-19, the coronavirus. That's why there are no crowds. That's why Jerusalem is empty. That's why Los Angeles is empty. That's why Seoul, Korea is empty. Is because of COVID-19. But before we dismiss this as simply an unlikely coincidence that the first Palm Sunday, crowds everywhere... This Palm Sunday, no crowds anywhere. Before we dismiss this as simply an unlikely coincidence, I'd like you to turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23, just a page over. In between Matthew 21 and Matthew 23, Jesus has come into the city of Jerusalem. And remember, we said there's lots of people who are acknowledging that he's king. But there are also a whole bunch of people that are not acknowledging that he's king. They're not laying down their clothes in front of him. They're simply watching to see what's going on. And over the next couple of chapters, Jesus is engaging with those people, especially the Jewish leaders. And he's trying to convince them uh, through conversation, through teaching, that he is indeed the expected Messiah, the king of Israel. But many of them are choosing not to believe. In fact, they're wanting to openly reject Jesus as king. And so we turn over to Matthew 23. We get all the way to the end of the chapter, the last few verses there, beginning in verse 37. Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Now look at the next verse. Look, your house is left to you. And do you see this next word? Desolate. Probably the most respected biblical lexicon today defines that Greek word desolate this way. Pertaining to being in a state of what? Isolation. An area isolated, unfrequented, abandoned, empty, desolate. Do you hear what Jesus is saying? A time is coming when the city of Jerusalem, and not just Jerusalem, but the whole world will be in a state of isolation, separation, abandonment, and desolation. Notice, this is the last statement that Jesus utters before Matthew 24. And if you're looking in an NIV, you may notice what the heading is for Matthew 24. The coming destruction of the temple and the signs of the end times. Jesus in Matthew 24 is going to describe what it's going to be like at the end, in the end times. And the last statement he makes is Jerusalem. Your city is going to be left to you isolated, desolate, and abandoned. And the most salient feature of Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago were the crowds. The most salient feature of Palm Sunday 2020 is isolation and desolation and abandonment, not just in Jerusalem, but around the world. Now, hold on a minute. Am I saying then that what's happening currently is the end? Like this is part of the end times? No. But I am saying it's a sign of the end meaning it's a sign of what the end will look like. Jesus says there is coming a day when it will be desolate, isolated, abandoned. And the point is, please pay attention, it's happening. It cannot be an accident that on this Palm Sunday, 2020, instead of crowds, we have desolation. Jesus himself said there would be desolation, isolation, and abandonment. And though what we are experiencing now is not the full fulfillment of this, it is a sign. It's pointing to the fact that this is coming. There is a time of complete isolation desolation and abandonment coming at the end it's very sobering please pay attention we have a worldwide virus that despite our technological prowess our medical know-how all the coordinations of governments of the world trying to work together we're all in the same team trying to beat this thing It is a sobering reminder that there are things in this life that are beyond our control as a human race. And Jesus says, for those who do not accept me as king, this is what is coming. And you and I have a front row seat to see a sign of what isolation and desolation looks like. But the bad news is it's going to be much, much worse in the end than it is now. But Jesus does not leave us without hope. Listen to the last sentence of Matthew 23. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, what? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the line from Psalm 118. This is the line from Matthew 21. This is the acknowledgement that Jesus is king. And Jesus says, isolation, desolation, and abandonment, that is the future except for those who acknowledge Jesus as king. For us, there's a very different picture of a future city of Jerusalem. Jesus himself gives this to us in Revelation chapter 21. It says this, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the what? or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus says to the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life those who are victorious will inherit all this and i will be their god and they will be my children but the cowardly the unbelieving the vile the murderers the sexually immoral those who practice magic arts the idolaters and all liars they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur this is the second death Jesus is saying in Matthew 23 and in Revelation 21, there is coming what you might call an eternal quarantine, an eternal isolation, separation from God and from others. We're getting a taste of what that feels like in a very small way now. Jesus says, for those who refuse to acknowledge me as king, you have now seen a sign of what the end will be like. This is not the end, but it is a sign of what the end will be like. Isolation, abandonment, desolation. Imagine an eternal quarantine separated from God and from others. We're just now getting a small taste of how horrific that would be. But Jesus says, for those who do acknowledge me as king, a very different future is planned. A very different future in which in the midst of a city that is filled with people, There is a river running down the center of that city and the trees growing on the side of it. It says the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nation. No more sickness, no more death, no more isolation, no more separation, no more crying, no more pain. A city where Jesus is king coming down from heaven, filling the earth so that the whole earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. You see, Palm Sunday forces us to make a choice. Every single human being on this planet, Palm Sunday forces us to make a choice. On that first Palm Sunday, 2,000 years ago, there were a group of people who were acknowledging that Jesus is king and they were laying down their coats and their cloaks as a sign that they were accepting his kingship. Jesus says, for all who accept his kingship, the eternal blessing that is coming is a city thronging with people full of life. On that first Palm Sunday, there were also a group of people who were just sitting back watching. Waiting to see, not ready to submit and acknowledge that Jesus is king. Jesus says, for those people, there is coming a future, a future of isolation, abandonment, desolation, and separation for eternity. And so Palm Sunday forces us to make a choice. What will you do with Jesus? This is not the end. There is time to think this through. Those who acknowledge that Jesus is king... Have a different, a future full of life. Those who refuse to acknowledge Jesus as King, isolation, desolation, separation. And so, what we're going to do this morning is, I'm going to invite uh, Andy and the praise band to come back up here, and they're going to play uh, two songs for us. And what I'd like you to do during these two songs is, I said you needed a favorite article of clothing. What I'm gonna give you the opportunity to do is during these songs to just simply take your article of clothing and lay it on the ground in front of the screen where you're watching. Now again, you might be watching by yourself and you think nobody sees me. Use that to your advantage. Nobody's going to see. This is just between you and God. You may be watching in a family and you think, well, this will be awkward. It might be. I can't say that it won't be. But this is your opportunity during these songs to take that thing that represents you and to simply lay it down on the ground symbolically in front of Jesus. This act itself is an act of worship. And so for many of us today, I'm going to take these pants and I'm going to lay them down. That for me as a Christian is an act of worship. On this Palm Sunday, I want to acknowledge that Jesus is king. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean that I'm without sin. It doesn't mean that I got everything together. It just means that given the choice, I'm gonna lay my clothes down, which represents me laying myself down and saying, I acknowledge you as king. Now for some of you, this will be your first time to do something like this. And if you are ready to acknowledge that Jesus is king, again, you don't have to be an expert in Christianity. You don't have to be able to answer all the questions. You don't have to be able to understand what all is going on uh, in the world, in your past, and all the things that are happening. If you take that article of clothing, and today, no one is watching. You're in the privacy of your own home. If today, you take that piece of clothing, and you simply lay it down in front of the screen as an act of worship, you are signaling to Jesus, that you are acknowledging him as king. And you are choosing to submit yourself to him. That's what it means to become a Christian. And so I wanna give all of us this opportunity. If you're not ready to do this in Matthew 21, some people just stayed on the sidelines and watched. You're free to do that in the privacy of your own home. I'm not going to know what you do one way or the other. But if having heard this passage, if having looked around and said, could it be an accident that on this Palm Sunday, the world is in isolation and in desolation, and this is what Jesus says is a foretaste of what is coming for eternity, if today you're ready to acknowledge that Jesus is king, you just simply lay down your article of clothing as a sign that who you are, we're submitting it to Jesus, we're being loyal to Jesus, And we're acknowledging that even though the whole world has not yet acknowledged Jesus as King, that God has appointed Jesus as King. And so blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. So Andy, lead us in a couple of songs. And this is your opportunity as an act of worship to lay yourself down before Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast from Calvary Church. We hope this message has brought the light and hope of God's presence into your life, refreshing your soul for the journey the Lord has you on. If you have a spiritual need or would like to connect further with the work God is doing through Calvary Church, seek us out online at calvarygr.org. On our website, you can also find an archive of previous messages from this series. Thanks for listening.